You're listening to the Horror Game and Friends Podcast. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Horror Cave and Friends podcast. I'm your host, Chad, and today we have another amazing special guest, and that is none other than the original Ghostface himself, Mr. Lee Waddell. First off, I want to thank every single person who's been listening and supporting this podcast. Thank you guys so much for always supporting us um, and making these things possible. Now, without further ado, enjoy my interview with the one and only original Ghostface, Mr. Lee Waddell. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with an amazing special guest, um, one that as soon as I let everybody know they were super excited, I was super excited to get the chance to speak with him, uh, and that is none other than the original Ghostface himself, Mr. Lee Waddell. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to be on here with us today. Well, thanks for having me, you know, and, and as I'm sure your viewers and your, and your listeners know, trying to get podcasts scheduled uh, is just ridiculous. <laughs> You, know, you can tell them later about how the craziness of getting today squared away, but uh, thank you for having me on. So it's always fun. I really like doing podcasts because it's uh, it's fun. You know, who knows where they're going to go, right? You know, Absolutely. We might end up on a rabbit hole. So let's <laughs> see where and see where it takes us. Right? Absolutely. So the first question, whenever we have a special guest on that I like to ask is what got them into essentially like the movie industry? Now, in your profession, which was doing uh, stunt work, what got you interested in that? Was it something like that clicked with you that you just loved movies that you like, like the stunts in movies? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I grew up on horror. So, right, I'm a horror fan, and which really didn't have anything to, to do with me and stunts per se, but I loved mm-hmm. the And then, uh, and I loved making movies because I took photography throughout the junior high and high school. And we had mm-hmm. film assignments, right? motion picture assignments in there. And that's where I kind of started digging out making movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, coupled with the adrenaline aspects of, of stunts, that's kind of when I went down. Mm-hmm. So it was a natural progress. And it wasn't like I woke up one day and said, ooh, let's go try this. You know, mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward ordeal. And, you know, it took me. I was a ten-year night. I was a ten-year overnight sensation, and uh, you know, here we are, thirty years ago. That is, <laughs> that is so cool. And then, so like, what made you like, like, officially want to get into doing stunts? Like, what do you think, like, got you to uh, to get into specifically that field in terms of like the movie industry? Adrenaline and paychecks. <laughs> you know, I like the creative process of filmmaking, so that was part of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could have done been a cameraman, operator, DP, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like that adrenaline that comes with doing stunts. And it's funny because sometimes little stunts really get you buzzed, right? It's the <laughs> smallest thing, and just for some reason you get all wound up about it. Mm-hmm. Big, big stunts that could really tear you up. I'm very cool, calm, collective. You know, the big stunts, a lot of elements, things are firing off. You know, you're in the middle of all this. I'm like, oh, yeah, that happens. That's good. That's supposed to go on. Oh, perfect. Da, da, da. And all unfolds, right? Right. After the fact, after it's all done, then I get excited to get adrenaline. But during the big stunts, I'm a, I'm a cool cat. and just let it all unfold and hit marks. And mm-hmm. That is so cool. And then did you think that, you know, once you got the part for, for Scream, for being Ghostface, while doing that, did you think it was going to be, turn into like the phenomenon that it is today? Did you think it was going to blow up to be? You know, I'm a working stuntman at that point in my career, right? Mm-hmm. Bouncing from show to show, making a living, laughing, loving, having a great time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I'd done adventure work for Wes, and you know, so it was 
you know, hanging out with Wes again and Tony Caesar, his second year director and stunt coordinator. So this was just great. We're just having fun. You know, we're always going to be laughing. We're on set. It wasn't no big deal. And then, you know, I got into it and kind of read the script a little bit. I'm like, yeah, okay. It's another Wes Craven horror movie. Let's go do it. Mm -hmm. Knock it out. And we did. And here we are. So cool. Years now? 27 years old. That's so cool. Yeah. So we shoot, we shot that in 95. Um, and yeah, I had no idea I was going to do it. Uh, the joke is, if I did, I would have backed up my truck to wardrobe and taken every mask and robe I could have. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Swung by effects and got, swung by props and got some of them nice lines out of it also. <laughs> so now yeah, we had no idea that it was going to do. That is so cool. And how was it working with Wes, like, during your career? How, how was that? Because I know a lot of my listeners were like, oh, how was it? How was it? Like, they wanted me to ask you, and that's definitely what I wanted to hear, too, is, like, you know. Um, so, you know, people – Wes was underestimated at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Started giving Wes credit until after he died. And uh, but he was underestimated at the time, and he was very intelligent. You know, people don't realize that he was a – a professor before he started making movies. So he has a great IQ, a uh, great sense of humor. He would say jokes on Monday and I'd laugh on Friday. <laughs> and, a, and a cool cucumber. I never saw him lose his temper on set. Never saw him yell. Never saw him raise his voice. You know, I could tell if he was irritated or upset that he wouldn't take it out on people. You know, um, collective, let's reset, let's do it again. Didn't like him, but him was easy. You know. mm -hmm. And I learned it. That is so cool. And then, so after you did the first one, now in the first one, the most iconic kill, I think, in Scream franchise, for sure, Drew Barrymore in the very, you know, the opening kill. How did that all play out? Like, how much fun was that? Like, how long did that take to, like, film and, like, all that? So very seldom do you get to shoot a movie in sequence. Mm -hmm. This is one of the few times in my career I can recall actually shooting in sequence. And so that was, that was scene one take one first day of shooting one mm -hmm. first page of the script one i mean it was the that was go time mm -hmm. um, and so we got to shoot it in sequence and you know i'd worked with Drew before and then when we got around to shooting this that's probably one of the reasons i actually got the nod on it from Wes and tony um and so like hey it's you know sat down with wes and i'm like tell me about this character you know what's this guy about and one of the most driving things Wes said about Ghostface, he goes, he moves like a phantom, right? And hopefully I portrayed that in the way that I portrayed Ghostface. I think he got a little off, I think he got a little off tracks later on through, you know, through <laughs> uh, I like how he got portrayed in six, right? He had his edge back, he had authority back, he was decisive. So I really like six and that's mm -hmm. um, And so, you know, Wes, that was my direction for Wes and that's how I played it, played it authority if you look at the scenes when i'm whipping through the house like in the kitchen stuff it's really mm -hmm. fast and direct you know and then we shot in sequence and we didn't do more than two takes on anything that whole night as oh wow yeah. and usually it was because it was a setup camera setup and coverage type thing but very seldom did we ever go past two a lot of times it was Wes knew what he wanted. He banged it out. And off on, let's go. So that is so cool. That is so cool. And then, how many days uh, 
did you like take to film like all the scenes for that you did in, in the first screen? Like, was it? A... I was up there for at least two weeks, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah, and we were aggressive on it. I mean, we knocked it out. We didn't have a whole lot of. There wasn't a lot of retakes. There wasn't a lot of drama. We were just making a movie. And just getting. Mm -hmm. it. I can't remember. I mean, I think our budget was like five million dollars. <laughs> ridiculous, right? You know, um, so we got down to business, had a great time, great experience, crew was fantastic. And, uh, here we are, like I said, 27 years, 28 years, whatever it is later, we're still talking about it. We got six films in the franchise, seven's on the way. You know, I'm, I'm hoping this thing, I hope I got another 30 years in me to go talk about it, you know, 30 years from now. That, you know, so we'll see. But that is so cool. It was such an honor and a pleasure to be a part of that. And, you know, it's such a delight to be a part of that. Plus, you know, being welcomed into the whole community, like I have been, right? Mm -hmm. Screen Nation is just freaking Absolutely. And then, so after doing Scream, how did um, the same thing for like Scream Two come? Like uh, your role in that? Did Wes like reach out to you or like? Yeah, Wes. I mean, he didn't reach out for Tony Caesar, our stunt coordinator. So mm -hmm. he reached out. Um, part of the film which was all the driving sequence and all that cool stuff actually fights are fun chase people around with a knife are fun but it's nice to crash a car <laughs> yeah. nice to have a really good fight you know so he gave me the he gave me the, the heavy lifting section the lion's share of that which i really appreciate mm -hmm. knocked that out of the park and it was a great sequence we had fun doing that that up and then put that to bed and then that was 97 96 was when we filmed it got released in 97 mm -hmm. to whatever the next film was i can't even remember <laughs> so, whatever it was that is so cool and then would you say that after the first scream or the second one that you did is that's when you noticed like like the ghost fade like the scream fans and everything like it was getting big like what would you say that you realized when like wow like this franchise is pretty huge <laughs> Well, probably after three, and I didn't have anything to do with three at all. And uh, you know, one was fun, two was fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, one was a home run, right? That's grandstand. We made a bunch of money. I forgot what the box office gross on that thing was for its time, but it was huge. You know, five million dollars budget and all the gross about that, something spectacular. Mm -hmm. So of course they're Hollywood does, they're going to jump on that. Punched out two. Two was still fun. Uh, you know, and again, remember, still in that time, I'm just a working stunt guy. You know, I love that there's big money and big, all that cool stuff. I'm like, all right, that was my experience. Thanks. Let's off to the next movie. You know, I got to go make a living. So it's off to the next show. Right. Yeah. It was fun. To, you know, we'd, we'd see everybody again at a cast or crew screen or something like that. And so that was a pleasant one. I'm not fortunate. I'm just a working stunt guy. Mm -hmm. so, next time was like that one finished, and the next day I was out hustling. <laughs> so getting that next job lined up. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. And then, so I know, like for actors, when they get like their next role in something, they have like their agent. Is that the same thing for like stuntmen as well? Like you guys have like agents, and then it kind of. It is now. Okay. It is now. A lot of the guys um, have agents, and uh, secondary directors have agents. But back in my time, that was not the commonplace it's much more common now and uh, but back then 
no, man, you had to get onto the sets and meet the coordinators and get out there and, you know, and flat out hustle. And the hustle still happens. You know, there's no overnight sensations. You still got to get out there and meet these guys. Absolutely. There's 10 other guys that might be identical to you out there that want that job. So you got to go out and hit the ground and make it happen. Absolutely. That is so cool. So in like your whole career, what would you say has been like your favorite stunts, maybe besides Scream? Like anything in particular on like a show or a movie? So I enjoyed my work on, on Lost World Jurassic 2. So I did some good stuff on that. Mm-hmm. You know, the big show, I was on it for, for months. I mean, just did a lot of rigging. And, um, I got ate by the dinosaur, which is a real good, another iconic scene, right? So um, that was really cool to, to have that one in the resume, so to speak. And um, so I really enjoyed my work on that. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed my work on the original, but Spider-Man 1, the first one, totally required. Uh, I'm camera behind the camera. I like that one. Sure, I could jump out in front of camera here and there, but I always loved the rigging and behind the camera scenes work. So that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Same with Batman. You know, I was behind the camera a bunch. I think I got in front of it maybe a few days. So it's always, I like that. I like that balance because you know, the creation side of the scene is very fun and fascinating. Absolutely. That is so cool. And I have to ask, so with, you know, the huge amount of fans for Scream and everything, how has it felt like going to conventions and meeting fans of the franchise, you know, traveling everywhere? You know, it's, it's super humbling. And like I said, I, I'm, I'm so blessed to be a part of that. And, and, and here's what's really cool. You know, I'm a horror fan and everybody at those conventions, even if, you know, they're not there to, to see, you know, Scream fans. They're all horror fans. So there's this common thread no matter, you know, I could be walking down a vendor row and running into somebody like, and just talk horror. It doesn't have to be screen, right? And so I really appreciate that vibe. It's, it's a big old, I mean, you do that. You've been to cons. So, Absolutely. You know, right? It's a big love fest. It really is. Nobody has these big attitudes. Nobody's being an idiot. Everybody's just kind of doing their thing and talking, and, you know. And, and what's great about cons, it gives the horror community it gives them the freedom and the acceptance to, f- to fly their free flag. I love those cosplayers, right? And Absolutely. Some, and some of those guys and girls just knock it out. I mean, dang, they got thousands of uh, thousands of dollars into the, into the cosplay, the costume, and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And they're just like rocking it, right? And what? And there's not like you could. It's not like you're gonna wear that on a Saturday down to Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's so cool to go to cons and be accepted, you know, into that family and the Scream Nation, as I affectionately call everybody. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then be able to participate side by side with people that are just, that's their thing, man. That's their jam. And I love being a part of that. So it's so fun and so humbling. And I'm, you know, I'm very humbled and I take it seriously. As much fun as it is, I take it seriously. I'm, you know, the unofficial mascot or whatever you want to call me of, of the screen franchise mm-hmm. so and it's neat to be able to talk about it and keep wes's memories and his directions and all that stuff alive and mm-hmm. stuff. it's really cool and it's an honor to do that that's so cool and how is it like going to conventions i know sometimes like conventions will have like a lot of the scream cast from the original like you know they'll have like matthew and ski and all that uh-huh. how is it seeing them as well like at conventions it's cool because i hadn't seen like you know it had been, I ran into those guys, 
think it was I think it was past February at a place called the Creep Island. Oh, in Ontario, California, yeah. Uh, those guys put on a fantastic con, I, and they asked me back um, for Aftermath, which is coming up in just a couple months. We're going to be doing a screening of Scream One. Nice. In in sixteen millimeter, so that'll be the. First oh, that's time awesome. The, since the premiere, that I've actually seen it on film. Right. That is so cool. Yeah, remember back in that, that era, VHS is cranking, right? I love those little VHS tapes, right? Um, so I hadn't seen, uh, you know, I hadn't seen that movie on film in 25 years. So I'm really excited to be going back and doing that screen. That is so cool. Plus, I get to host it, you know, as an MC, which you, you know how much of a knucklehead I am. So we'll be laughing all the way through. <laughs> um, and we'll host it. We do, you know, uh, we'll do a a Q and A. Nice. So, you know, go to those cons when I get together with the whole scream team. It's, I mean, I don't know if you ever been to a con when the whole team's together, like when you got Nev in there and Matt and Steve and Jane myself, and it's just crazy. It is full throttle crazy. It is. The lines are monstrous. Um, the last time I signed with all those guys, I don't think Nev was there, but. I think I saw twelve thirty one o'clock. I think I left, actually hit the door at twelve thirty in the morning. And That's me, crazy. I, I'm, I'm just, you know, you know how crazy those other guys are because, you know, and I'm so blessed to be able to do that. But I'm, I'm one of those old school guys that is like, you know, somebody works. This might be their vacation, right? For the whole year, they save all those. They save all their little money and then it's recycling because we know they walk in there with a boatload of money and they're buying vendors and eating and drinking and signing and t-shirts you know absolutely and you know if those are standing in my line and that door is closed i'm like all right i'll stay here with you those people worked really hard to come out to that con and they maybe not just to see me you know everybody else and i'll there's no way i'm gonna let those fans down man that's too important mm -hmm. i'll die for those people i want to so I was like, okay, we can't let them be in here anymore. I'm like, okay, we're going to go have a lobby party and I'll take my pictures and my pen and we'll pile into whatever hotel we're connected to and mm -hmm. fire up that place until we're done. That's so cool. Get kicked out of there, we'll go on somebody's tailgate. <laughs> I don't care. I'll, I'll be the last guy standing if I have to to, to make sure that those, those super important, crazy, gotta love them fans. Absolutely. Get their money's worth. It's that important to me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I said, right, that's the part that I don't take lightly. As fun as this is, and as crazy it is, and love all that, and love the fans, and love doing it, I will not let them down. That is so cool. It's a true. My autograph just got priceless. Enjoy it. So, you know, I, I won't let those people down. They're too important. Absolutely. And I think the Scream fans, you know, they show that to the whole cast. And like you said, every single person from Scream, their lines are always the biggest, you know, the, the Scream fans, they're, they're devoted, just like myself, you know, we love this franchise for all the movies, the first one, the second one, the third one, and so on, you know, and that's why so many more are coming out, especially with like Scream 7 and everything. So absolutely, absolutely. You know, that's, uh, and I always get hit up a lot on, on people are like, are you gonna be in seven? I'm like, no. <laughs> I want to be, you know, but it was like, yeah, it's out of my wheelhouse. I mean, so it'd be fun to be in front of the camera and do something with Scream again. Mm -hmm. I prefer to be actually in wardrobe and something weird else. Because after six, apparently there's three or four Scream dudes running around, right? Right. <laughs> so, 
you know, maybe we'll have a whole, maybe we'll have a convention. <laughs> so, um, you know, who knows, but I love the franchise and I love being a part of it. I love being the, the original ghost face and the OG and the grandfather of it all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that that's super cool too, you know, to be part of like one of the biggest horror franchises of all time and everything and then just like how we were talking about um prior to this i wanted to ask you about your your jacket right there which i think is just so cool yeah. I, I definitely had to ask about that to bring that in here because i think it just looks amazing you just wanted to talk about this jacket so this is a this is my original ghost face jacket and it's a one-off one of a kind there's not gonna be and there never will be it ain't for sale you know it's one-off thing it's the original ghost face with like the kmb you know, and that's that's kind of my trademark. That's my moniker is the KMB. I'm the only guy who wore it on film, right? Uh, even about, uh, I get a lot of questions about the scene where I put my head through the glass, right? When I'm to see it's going to So let's put that one to rest right now, and then we'll go back to the jacket. <laughs> Here's how that goes down. I don't know what night of filming it was, but uh, I originally did that scene, right, with the other mask on. And you could, at that time, it's a white mask. I didn't know one from the other. In fact, it was not until I got into this, uh, you know, cons and, and all that stuff, learning really the differences in mask and all that stuff. I'm like, dude, it's white mask, stick it on, let's go. <laughs> let's go bang it out, right? And they're like, oh, no, it's a different mask. I'm like, no, it's not. And then somebody has to show me with crayons, like, look at Knucklehead. I'm like, oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> and so here's how that goes down. So, you know, she turns around, sees me, hits me in the head with the, with the phone through the glass. So we put it in the can. And Wes sees the dailies, and I'm not on call. I'm not on set that night, and so he goes back and reshoots it because he didn't like the timing of it. It wasn't like I did something wrong. He just was looking for. He was such a great director. He had a specific cadence in his brain that he wanted to see as that head popped around or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Right? He wanted that, so he throws on the mask, does the scene again, puts it again. Great, no big deal. Well, it turns out that. He didn't like his, he, he, he liked mine compared to his because his was even worse. So <laughs> he put me back into the cut is how it all worked out. So mm -hmm. it was comedy. It's always this fun gag. He's like, I heard Wes did that. He did. And then he sucked so bad that he put me back in. So it was like the lesser of the two sucking head takes on this. It was me. And so I got back in the final cut. That is so cool. Yeah. It was, we all had a good laugh out of that. My ego wasn't bent on that at all. Like I did my job. Everything worked out. It was just what he wanted in his mind, you know. And Wes was real tricky like that because there's there's subtleties in his film. And I forgot about our jacket. We'll get to it. Uh, but uh, you know, like uh, remember the scene where I go and kill Henry Winkler and I pop out from behind the door. If you go back and watch that, mm -hmm. it's actually it's actually overcranked a little bit. He had. So back then it was 24 frames per second. And the more frames you shoot, just like on digital today, that's how you get slow-mo on your phone, right? Right. So if you go back and watch that, you'll see, you'll be able to see that it's just a little bit slow-mo, just to give it that little bit of eeriness. And we shot that, and I remember being there that day, and she went, and Tony and Wes are going, hey, you got to move like this because we're shooting this in slow motion. I'm like, what do you mean we're shooting in slow motion? I didn't comprehend it because, you know, Henry Winkler's working the same. I'm working the same. It's all flowing and vibing. Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I sat down and watched it that I, I saw what they did. So they actually, Wes actually 
made that. So next time you watch it, right? So all of mm -hmm. the people that are watching, go back and watch that scene right pop out behind the door. Mm -hmm. the telltale sign is you'll see the you see when I'm in wardrobe, the, the you'll see my arm and how it all hangs right. Remember, right? The strands of, of, of wardrobe. You'll see it'll be in slow motion. That's how subtle it was. That's so cool. Yeah, and Wes did a lot of that stuff and the super sneaky stuff. All these little there were all these little cool nuances throughout the film that he did. Mm -hmm. So back to the jacket. <laughs> um, one off, one of a kind. Um, I stay with KB because I was the original guy. I'm the only guy who wore it. So that's a great, that's a great brand to be associated with. Absolutely. And then um, I want to do all of our shout outs out here. So there's a guy by the name of Adam at Small Town Weirdo who does these fantastic swinging jackets. You can find him on Instagram. Go just dial up Small Town Weirdo and you have seen his stuff. I mean, it's iconic. That's so, so cool. Out, yeah. I reached out to him. I'm like, hey, got this crazy idea. I want you to have your signature on this jacket, but he does these huge statement pieces and really fantastic imagery. I'm like, I want to go old school because that you know I'm the OG, old school guy. I said back in the day, motorcycle jackets and I actually started in World War II bomber jackets. They would get all their patches, usually on leather, mm -hmm. hand painted, and then they would just sew it straight to to their bomber jacket. But it was this hand painted, really cool patch or whatever. Right. I want that same concept on my jacket. I want that old school hand painted thing. So he paints these up. I take it down to uh, there's a place in, in Bellflower that does everybody's. I mean, if you're a motorcycle club, these people have probably made your patches. It's called Low Side. Uh, they take his work, cut it out, and make patches out of it. And That's so cool. And so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cool piece. And everybody's always asking about the jacket. I'm like, It'll come on tour with me. So it'll be coming to the cons. Everybody get a picture with the jacket. That's so cool. Stuff. So like the front of the jacket tells tells the story. So like up here on this, up here on. So we have two two skulls, right? Two faces. So nice. That's for screen one, screen two. We have the buck knife patch. Obviously for the buck 120. Um, top over here, we have the VHS, right? Which was time specific, right? You know, what's your favorite scary movie? VHS tape. Come down. Out of my two films, I killed five people. So that's the red right hand, which is the five kills, which is also, remember the, the title song, right? And that is so cool. And here's something that's subtle, but our Scream Nation guys will know this and girls will know this. But you see that it says rest in peace blonde. Right. Which we just have uh, Casey Bechter's character got referred to by Skeet, right? He goes, hey Blondie. And so That's so cool. Yeah, so there's it's like a tattoo. It tells the story of my career with Ghostface and Scream One and Two. That is awesome. I love how it looks like the Harley Davidson logo as well. That is so yeah, cool. It was. And then, you know, that was a little bit of a throwback. So I used to write a lot. So it was, that was kind of that. Um, mm -hmm. Got to fly my colors a little bit. <laughs> so, that is so uh, cool. So it tells this great story of, of my involvement with Scream 1 and 2 and, and all the different components. So mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it'll come out on tour with me. So when I'm out uh, doing the cons and stuff, it'll be out there with me. 
That is so cool. Now, before I let you go, um, I'm actually starting this is the first time I've ever done this where I get questions from uh, my listeners. Uh, when I put this up that I was going to have the chance to uh, interview you, um, I asked if they had any questions for you, and we got some pretty good questions. One of them we already touched on a little bit, but I'll still um, ask you it. So this one comes from N underscore RC underscore racing. How did you react after finding out you got the job slash part, and then how excited were you once the movie uh, officially came out? And I think that's for Scream 1. Yeah, so... I was excited that I got the part, but it wasn't in the context of, ooh, I got this iconic part because we didn't know it was iconic. Right. As a working stuntman, I'm like, hey, man, I just, I'm going to go get some work for the next couple of weeks. That's mm-hmm. huge, right? And we get to play this character and whatever. So I was excited that I got the job, but it wasn't in relationship to we didn't know how big it was going to be. Right. You know, you talk to uh, the super talented guy that played like me <laughs> that played Ghostface in six Max what's his last name Max I'm gonna butcher your name it's Lafayette or something like that <laughs> a great French Canadian um, you know he knew what he was in for and man, he got that part good on him different things because now you got succession of five franchises you're playing the dude that carries some weight right I'm just absolutely a, I'm just a working guy and I'm excited that I got work man let's go have a great time mm-hmm that's so cool. All right. And then the next question comes from Dominator X3000, also on Instagram. Uh, he asks, do you know how many retractable Buck 120s they had in order to make uh, to film each movie? Ooh, good question, because those were fun. The <laughs> Buck 120 retractables. As far as I know, there was only one, and it was really super expensive. Okay, There might have been more in that prop box, but man, they didn't let them out. Mm-hmm. Okay, great question. So the 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 buck 120 retractable and it would retract about you know a buck 120 has about nine inches of blade give or take so this is one of the replica ones but i have my prop one over there that scale up um it would retract about this far so it almost half the blade length and this half was hollow this was solid had a big spring and it would just slide in and out the problem with these things occasionally they wouldn't do what they were supposed to do and you'd get stuck Right, mm-hmm. somebody of mine actually got a, a buck knife, a different version of a buck knife, but got one right in the middle of his thigh. Oh, it's supposed to retract, didn't happen, and he just he just owned it, and it was sticking in there. It hurt. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> but that being said, I was very very cognitive of that retractable when I was working with crew. That was big on my mind. Um, I was very specific on where I hit her. That's why I look. If you actually look at that that frame, you'll see me look because I wanted to hit my target. There was no room for error, and I'm glad that knife worked. But there's not many of those retractable knives out there. And the last time I kind of looked into them, because I was trying to find them, you know, the original that I worked with, they're in excess of eight thousand dollars now. Wow, that's that's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of money for for a prop knife. Absolutely. Yeah, they're uh, they're really neat knives. I liked working with them, but they did have a little tendency not to not to play well with others occasions. So I didn't, you know, I was I, I respected them. That is so cool. All right, and then our last but not least question. Uh, this comes from Dominic the Horror Fanatic. Were you Ghostface during the Gale chase scene in Scream Two? No. No, it was not. Um, that was portrayed by Alan Robinson. 
Okay. And I mean, this isn't an industry secret. Mm -hmm. I, did, I did the lion's share of work in one and two. Um, but from the get-go, mm -hmm. uh, they did not want one guy playing Ghostface. So thank you, Kane Hodder, for that because because of what happened with Kane and, uh, and playing um, Jason, right? They didn't want that because, I mean, how many Jasons? You know, there's how many Jasons, how many Michael Myers? So there was a, a pre-production say we do not want one dude doing it all the way through. And on one hand, I appreciated that. I understood why they did that. But then I liked how they did it on six and had one guy do it all the way through because then you have continuity of the character. Right. And even though a lot of the stunt guys move the same, we're still physically different. We're all within an inch or two and probably within 10 pounds of each other and all that really great stuff. But you still move a little bit different. And for the most part, you can't tell that. I mean, I can you know, who's who, but um, yeah, the Gale scene, which was a fantastic scene. I like the suspension on that. And, and, and Wes had a, he had this real talent for paintings, you know, that stress and that clip. And you just, you just nailed by, like when, uh, remember when Nell climbed, when Nev climbs out of the car after the crash, and she's climbing on the right? Mm -hmm. Her and Wes were just synced up. And man, he just, you know, I watched that scene the other day and I'm like, God, that was a good scene. You know, it was a nail-biting scene. It really is, yeah. Yeah. God, she hit it. You know, Wes and her were just synced up. It just was such a strong scene. And, and a nail-biting scene. Because everybody thought I was going to wake up. And I, me too, because it had been a long night. I'm tired and sore. I was like, I want to go home. And so, and, you know, that was crawling all over me and stepping on me. Um, so Wes had a really great ability to bring suspense to the game. That is so cool. That's really cool. Now, before I let you go, um, is there anything you want to let any of the listeners know? Any upcoming convention appearances, uh, social medias, anything? Good, good, good. Thanks for thanks for letting me do that. Uh, Absolutely. That blatant bragging about what's coming up. Um, so, super busy second half of the year, right? Um, August. And and anybody that knows me or follows me, go to Instagram, the underscore Lee underscore Waddell. The Lee Waddell. Not hard to find. Follow me there, and then on that I have my uh, link tree that has all my stuff. It's about ninety percent. There's some stuff coming up that hasn't announced yet, so it's not up there. But I'm booked out from August all the way through the end of the year. So August we have uh, flashback weekend Chicago. So next weekend after that we have Houston Horror Fest. The weekend after that we have uh, Crypticon Denver. Deep breath. <laughs> last weekend. September, we have, uh, what was it, Haunted Screen Expo? Yeah, Hamilton, Virginia. Super cool little event. Wasn't even on my radar. He calls me up. I'm like, sure. And so we're going to go out there and do his event. Nice. That's great because he has like escape rooms for kids. He has bands. He has cars. He, you know, it's, it's, a, Very cool. it's, a, it's an expo. It's not just a con. It's got vendors. I mean, there's. And the cool thing about it, there's so much going on that he keeps his his the, the celebrity appearances like 13 people. And there's tens of thousands of people at Pile Soup because there's so much to do. He doesn't want to make it just about getting autographs, which I totally appreciate. I love. Mm -hmm. so we go back then and there, that's uh, first week, second week, September, somewhere there. And then we're back out to the West Coast. We got, um, we just talked about it earlier, Creep IE. 
because nice. aftermath, right? That's where that screening is going to be. So if you're in Southern California, get your tickets and come out to that screening on Saturday. I will be signing. I'm going to MC the screening of Scream 1, the 96 version. Uh, we'll do the Q&A before or after, not sure yet. Uh, we're going to do photo ops. And here's the kicker on that one. Rose McGowan is going to be there. Oh, very cool. Yeah, she doesn't come out of the woodwork very often, as we know. But I think she's going to be with me up in Chicago. Uh, I think Skeet and Jamie will be up there. And then she kind of goes dark for a few months and she pops back out. And then, uh, so that's September, October. I got a one-off event called uh, Marietta Monster Mash, which is in Marietta, Ohio. Nice. I've up in like a year, so it's really cool to get back out there. I love, you know, those little sleepy heartlanders. Those people are fanatics. <laughs> They're crazy. So be up there in October, uh, Spookula, Tampa, right? And that's going to be a great one because I think that's me, Jamie, Skeet. Nudge on that one. Then, and then that's October. Then we spin out. I go up to Monster Mania. In November, which is huge because listen to this lineup. Nev, Matt, Skeet, Jamie, Lee, me, and then here's the kick on That's the friend, Roger L. Jackson. Oh, the voice. Right? So you're going to have the two OGs from scene one, day one, take one, boom. So it'll be Roger. And Roger and I have never signed at the same time. That is so that, cool. Yeah, that is going to be, like I said, when the whole team gets together, that's going to be a stupid cut. You might as well just come and camp out and bring, you know, pizza and beer and hang out because it's going to be a fest. But I'm really excited to sign with Roger. That is so cool. I'm going to have him sign my poster. Okay. And, uh, and then we turn right around to head south down to Atlanta. What's that big one down in Atlanta? Uh, Bad Monster. Nice. And then we do it again down there. I don't think Roger will be with us, with us on that one, but Nev's going to be down there. You know, nice, super gorgeous, super talented Nev's in the house. It's like the queen's, the queen in her court. As, uh, you know, call them the three kings, and she's the queen. And I'm the executioner. So uh, that'd be fun to have the A team in there and just go crush it, laughing, kiss posters, and sign babies. And <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, I got some stuff in December, but they hadn't announced yet, so I can't put the cat out of the bag on that one. But it's mm-hmm. major fun, and then by the time that's done, I'm ready to take whatever rest of the year off I can take. It's heaven like fishing time. That is so cool. So um, thanks, for letting, thanks for letting me blatantly throw down and brag about all that cool stuff. Absolutely. Thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast with us today. I mean, it's been an absolute treat. Uh, something I could check off the bucket list for sure. I know the listeners are were super stoked as soon as I announced to you that you're going to be on and everything. So, you know, thank you for taking the time out of your day to, to be on with us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for working with my schedule and your patience and, and, and thank your listeners. Great questions. I love that. That was kind of fun. I like that. And then uh, before we part past, so I'm looking at your back wall. Tell me you have me up there. Yes. So I do have, you can't see it's all at the very top. I do have a ghost face pop on there. Um, the and yeah, the original one. And I know that one goes for a lot. I ha- it's the original one here. I'll, I'll grab it for you. Yeah, I'll show yeah, you. Let's go ahead and play. I'm talking about bragging so we can brag. So I do have it right here. There's the original. Oh my gosh. So yeah. You know how much he's worth right now? Especially- I know he's worth a lot. I have him in like a protector and everything. So like, I know he's worth a, like a hefty penny for sure. I think the first time 
can't, I remember those sitting around. I remember them at 75. And then they went to then they're about 450 to five now. Mm -hmm. Right. But they went from 75 to five in like a year. They really did. Yeah. And there's actually two versions. I don't know if you knew this, but there's two versions of it. So it, they say it's like a manufacturing. So it's the same number, but it's a manufacturing error. So I don't know if you see on the camera, but like on the ghost face, like on the box, you can see like eyes printed, like on his little picture. Right. And then there's another version where it's just plain like black. So, and that one goes for like another amount too, which is crazy. It's just like a box error. And then like, it's the value is completely, completely different. Yeah. So I'll, I'll see you that one and I'll raise you. This is a stream. This is a second gen. This is an old mask. Right? Oh, that is so cool. And, uh, this is the one I got from uh, Drownblade Douglas. He's on Instagram, right? Oh, yeah. He has a lot of the, the screen-worn um, things like props and stuff. So there's like three people that I turn to. you know. And I'm a Scream fan. I, I have a modern collection. Mm -hmm. um, but there's like... He's one I go to. I go to Scream Fan 1990. Carrie Ann does my restoration work. She's a real good knowledge base. And there's Nate out there. And he's actually the probably the authority on all things Scream. Right. Uh, so out of the, if I can't find it out out of those three, it doesn't exist. I mean, they're that good. And here's the crazy part there's people that even have more knowledge base than those guys. You know, and they have bigger battle collections. There's some private people that I know about in the private, you know, very private. And they have like tons of scream stuff, scream units. I mean, real deal. Their collection is just stacked. That is so cool. Yeah. And I'm just like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know where my, um, like my mask. I never used the Gen, Gen 1, Gen 2s technically, uh, when I was doing the driving sequence. We weren't allowed to cut up the hero mask, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm like, fine, you're not supposed to see it anyways, but we still had to go put one on my crash helmet. And so, uh, and there's collectors out there that, that were, you know, told me that I was wrong. I'm like, well, you know, I was there, you weren't, so shut up. And <laughs> And that's where my Scream 2 mask came from. So I have one that I didn't cut up that went into my stunt bag, and that's the one I have. That was that's so cool. And I think I took three of them out of there, and we ended up butchering up two to make it fit. Take that mask that's got a wrap around this dash up and try to see out of that. So, um, you know, that's where I got my Scream 2 mask. That is so cool. Yeah, and, you know, technically, uh, I guess they didn't technically get released and come out to the public until like 97. I'm like, well, there was a box of them in 96 because that's where it got mine. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, but that's the beauty of Scream, right? It really is. Absolutely fanatical, super knowledgeable, passionate collectors and just all that cool stuff. I just love that element. And it just it drives me up the wall when you get two or three of them together. They just geek out. And they're talking about molds and which factory and this. I'm like, I, they just you know whatever. You know, like, you got, but that's the beauty of the Scream Nation because you have absolutely and you got knuckleheads like me, like crazy hardcore collectors that know everything for every mask. Uh, 
you got guys like you, that back wall got some stuff on it. Yeah, and then above that, it doesn't show against the camera, but I have like a bunch of like signed posters and, and everything. Cause uh this coming next month, July, uh, I'm going to Midsummer Scream in Long Beach and Roger's gonna be there. So I'm gonna get this pop signed by there. And then if I'm able to make it to the, the creepy con aftermath, I'm definitely gonna get you to sign it as well. I'm call me before you come out. Right. Okay. So if you're gonna pop out, um make sure that you just reach out to me privately and I'm gonna carve some time out for you because that's gonna be a very, very busy day for me. Absolutely. It's going to be a super fun event, you know. Absolutely. going to be a lot of different directions between doing the Q&A and, you know, and MCing and, you know, the photo ops and signing. It's going to be full throttle. And I'll probably stick around for the VIP party. So, you know, we're just, we're just going to – I'll hit the ground whatever time the promoter says show up, and we'll just go full throttle until I drop. That's so, so cool. So, yeah, if you end up popping out for that, hit me up directly. Absolutely. I, I will definitely let you know. And then um, I have for the podcast, I have like stickers and keychains and stuff. I would love to send you some stuff as well, if that's possible, let's, just for being on. Hold on to it. I'd love that stuff because I have all, I just have tons of that stuff. And my, mm -hmm. I still wear my lanyard, which has really cool pens. I still do a lot of pen swapping when I have time. Mm -hmm. I still have my ghost face lanyard and uh, I got cool pens on there. So I still love doing that. So I'm always, you know, dicing, slicing. So that's so, Let's do this. Let's uh, let's just put the intention on you making it to aftermath. Bring it with you. We'll sign some stuff. We'll do some pen swap and some keychains and stickers and you know just do what we do and have a lot of fun with it. Sounds good. Yeah. So, uh, thanks, man. Appreciated it. Yeah. Thank you so much. And then uh, thanks to all your you know all your viewers and fans and obviously every bathroom who's a horror fan and the Scream Nation. None of this would go down without them. So that's really what this is all about. Absolutely. I'm indebted to them and I love them. I really do. It's such a fun culture. It really is. And I, I got to say thank you again, Mr. Waddell, for, for being on it. It was so nice chatting with you, hearing all the stories and everything. It, it's a complete honor. So thank you so much for, for being on with us today. Well, thank you. It was, my, it was my honor and my pleasure. And I really do appreciate it. And like I said, we have fun with it, but I don't take it lightly. You know, I love being the, you know, the mouth, so to speak. And uh, it's an honor and privilege. I love doing it. So uh, hopefully we'll see you in just a couple months. Absolutely. Uh, if, and then all your viewers out there, they got my schedule. Come and find me at the con. I'd love to meet you guys and sign some stuff and tell some stories and, you know, have a great time like we always do. Absolutely. Well, Mr. Bell, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully I will be seeing you in a couple months. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. Absolutely. Peace. Love you. Thank you so much. Cheers. All right, folks. So that is going to end it with our amazing interview with Mr. Lee Waddell, the original Ghostface. First off, I want to thank uh, Mr. Waddell once again so much for taking the time to be on this podcast. Um, and this interview was so much fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, and like I always say, you guys probably get tired of this, but thank you guys all so much for your support. Thank you to everyone tuning in listening to every single episode of the podcast, to supporting us on social media and everything. Uh, and a special shout out to Mrs. Horror Cave as well. Um, everyone, you know, you guys are all a part of this just as much as, you know, it, it, I put in the work. So all you guys, you guys make this all happen. So thank you guys so much for supporting it. And I will catch you guys all on the next one. Peace.